Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Good evening and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. All right, first things first, with fall on the horizon, we thought we'd tell you a little about our ghostly and serial killer-laden novel, uh, which will make you think twice about those Oktoberfest sausages. It will. This was our first ever collaboration just a few years ago, and it's all about beer and food and ghosts and cannibals and serial killers. It's called The Cliff House Haunting. It takes place in the San Bernardino Mountains in California. Since 1887, Cliff House Lodge has been famous for its luxurious accommodations, fine dining, and its ghosts. Overlooking Blue Lady Lake, Nestled among tall pines, Cliff House has just been renovated by its owners, Teddy and Adam Bellamy, and their daughter, Sarah. Cliff House has not always been a place of rest and respite, though. Over the years, it has served many vices, from run-running to prostitution, and although the cat houses have been replaced by a miniature golf course and carousel, Cliff House retains its dark history, darkest during the Roaring Twenties, when a serial killer called the Bodice Ripper terrorized the town, and a phantom, the Blue Lady, was said to walk when murder was imminent. Now there's a new killer on the loose, and the Blue Lady sightings have returned. The Bellamy are losing maids, and guests are being tormented by disembodied whispers, wet phantom footprints, and blood-curdling shrieks of mad laughter that echo through the halls of Cliff House in the dead of night. The little mountain town of Cliffside is the perfect hunting ground for a serial killer and the Blue Lady. Police Chief Jackson Ballou has bodies piling up. And between the murders and the mysteries, he can hardly pursue his romance with Polly Owen. And Sarah Bellamy may lose her true love before they've even had their first kiss. All right. Uh, Again, you're listening to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamarthorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at tamarthorn and at crossalister. You can also visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, today we are super excited. Um, We have internationally best-selling author Tess Garretson on. Uh, Her first novel was published in 1987, and eight more followed. Uh, She wrote a screenplay, Adrift, which aired as a 1993 CBS movie of the week starring Kate Jackson. Uh, Tess's first medical thriller, Harvest, was released in hardcover in 1996, and it marked her debut on the New York Times bestseller list. Her many suspense novels have been published in 40 countries, and more than 30 million copies have been sold around the world. She's won both the Nero Wolf Award and the Rita Award. Critics around the world have praised her novels as pulse-pounding fun, scary and brilliant, and polished, riveting prose. Publisher Weekly has dubbed her the medical suspense queen. Uh, her first 
her series of novels featuring homicide detective Jane Rizzoli and medical examiner Maura Isles inspired the TNT television series Rizzoli and Isles, starring Angie Harmon and Sasha Alexander. Now retired from medicine, she writes full-time, and she lives in Maine. Uh, welcome to the show, Tess. How are you? I'm great, and it'll be, it'll be fun to talk about this particular book. All right. Oh, we the can't book wait. is The Shape yeah. of Night, and uh, first things first, yeah, I uh, have not had a chance to even crack it. I've been ill, as you can probably hear in my voice, so <laughs> I've been late. <laughs> but Tamara's been reading this. It's the shape, of, the shape of Night. It's your newest book. Uh, Tamara's been reading it, and she loves it. So I guess first mm-hmm. things first, could you tell us a little bit about the book? Yeah, it is a twist on the gothic novel. It's about a young woman who rents a mansion on the coast of Maine. And one night she glimpses the ghost of the sea captain who used to live there, um, and he soon seduces her. Then she finds out that every woman who's lived in the house has died there, and she wonders, did her ghostly lover kill them, or is there a flesh-and-blood killer at work? Wow. It's... It's gothic. It reminds me when I when I was a kid and first started trying to find gothics after reading The Haunting of Hill House and Mm -hmm. watching Dark Shadows. And this was what I was looking for. Well, not quite this adult, but (laughs) although I could have learned things. Um, And this was the kind of gothic that I was always hunting for, hoping there really was some paranormal in it. And this book has true paranormal in it. It. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, you know, when I was <laughs> when I was young, I used to love gothic novels. I mean, I yeah, I was a big yeah. a big um, for, first of all, Jane Eyre. Right? That that is a gothic novel. Yeah. And and then sure. Rebecca right. and um but mm-hmm. you know there are Yeah, there is something that that links them all together. They always involve a mysterious house, a house that has some kind of a dark mm-hmm. secret. There's usually a a very innocent or virginal heroine who comes to live in the house. And there's right. always a brooding hero somewhere lurking about. <laughs> Either he's the owner of the house or, yeah. or Heathcliff or something. Um, right. So th- what I wanted to do was 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 take a you know twist that around and yeah the house is there, but this particular mm-hmm. heroine Ava is not an innocent virgin, and no. the brooding hero is uh, is a ghost. So um, yeah, I'm just sort of you know. Trying to give a modern update, but with a lot of a lot of uh, sensuality to it. Yeah, that it's very well written. The sensuality, and I have to one of my novels, Haunted, which is a gothic, modern gothic too. I was inspired by, uh, in part, by the Ghost of Mrs. Muir, the movie, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was picking that up strongly, especially at first. That that the handsome captain and right the, the, the lady and. Well, that Did was you one like of my favorite TV shows when I was growing ah, up. I loved oh, The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Yeah. Oh, the TV show was great, too. I liked that ghost be- uh, better than the Rex Harrison one in the movie. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, With Hope Lang. I remember that. Um, yeah. But, but what, I, what I loved, I mean, one thing I wanted um, to do with this was not just The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. I, I wondered, mm-hmm. what if they were actually physically lovers? I mean, that, The Ghost and Mrs. Yeah. Muir is quite innocent. But what if they were Very. actually physical lovers? And what if this mm-hmm. ghost could fulfill every erotic fantasy you had as a woman? 
would you do it? Would you take him on as a lover, and um, should you? And what are the consequences? So it was it was um, exploring, um, you know, what it is to to be able to to act out your fantasies with somebody who'll never betray your secrets, and what can go yes. wrong. <laughs> yes, and, and the the psychology there is fascinating. She has guilty secrets, and mm-hmm. so she feels safe with this ghost, but you know. The tension there is it makes you very nervous as you read it, wondering, um, is this really a good idea? This is not I Captain know. Greg from the Ghost of Mrs. Muir. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And, and this, is, this is the thing about being seduced. Um, mm-hmm. there, you, it, it may be something you know you shouldn't be doing. It may be something you know is yeah. vaguely dangerous. And people do this, though. They they, you know, They follow their impulses and know, I should not be in this place. But I can't resist that's this. That's part man. of the fun. <laughs> that's 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 yeah. Yeah, forbidden fruit. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the very fact that he's a ghost means she's not sure any of this is real. And while you have fantasies that you wouldn't really fulfill in real life in your right. head, they're fine. So what's really going on here? It's it's great. I, I'm really enjoying this. Well, I I like um you know I like exploring this just um also the the aspect of shame. Uh, because Ava, mm-hmm. uh, my heroine, comes to mm-hmm. Maine. Um, she flees Boston because she's really ashamed of something that she's done, and yeah. she hides herself away in this in this mansion and and you know, isolates herself and thinks she's going to get to work on on the book she's working on, and then gets distracted by this seductive ghost. Um, but the question is, how does shame shape the form that the ghost takes in? Um, you know, is it yeah. is it that She's trying to atone for this guilt. She's punishing herself, and that's why the ghost um, does these certain things to her. Is it really mm-hmm. an embodiment of her guilt? So I was working. I was trying to work on a lot of different psychological levels here. Um, and even though it seems like it's all about sex, um, there there are other things happening beneath the surface. Yeah, and after a while, you catch on to that. Yeah, it's far deeper than it seems. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it seems like it's yeah, it seems like it's a fun romantic suspense gothic novel but then you find out what her problem is and what she did and and you know honestly as a writer i did not know what what she did until about two-thirds of the way through the book oh um, really yeah i was yeah. I, love that. I, just, I just knew she was ashamed of something I, and i and as it got went on i thought what could she have done what could she have done that has led her to punish herself so severely and it, it finally came to me uh, about, yeah, about two-thirds of the way through the first draft. Is that, I'm is suspecting that how your what it is. I don't know works? yet. Yeah. Do, is that how your process frequently works? Do you usually just kind of, like, sounds to me like you're a, a character-driven uh, uh, writer, which, you know, we, we, we kind of are too, and so we, we, you know, relate to that. Is that is that pretty <laughs> common for you, though? Like, you just kind of start going and you kind of, the, the story comes to you as you go, so to speak? Mhm. It is very much um the way I work. Uh I mean there maybe there's one or two books where I knew from A to Z where it was going. This particular book I did not know anything big beyond the haunted house, the sexy ghost and heroine who um is seems to be attracted to to acting out things that punish her. Um so I it, yeah. a lot of it is is you know I don't know who my character is at the beginning I know the basics about her like you know meeting somebody mm-hmm. for the first time you know what they look like you know how old they are and in the process yeah. of writing the book they reveal themselves to you Right that's 
right. yeah, I love that part. I, I no, have I to know. ask about Hannibal's cat. Um, <laughs> do you have one, a, a Maine Coon? I grew or, up with cats. I can't have one because my husband's allergic, but I, I've always uh, been fascinated by how cats are. They are, you know, they're our bosses, aren't they? They really rule the oh. world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so that's totally. Hannibal the cat is plays a really major role in the story. He's a coon cat, which it means he's very yeah. large and very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And he does things. Yeah. Um, he sort of he sort of gets you know gets the plot going, and he he causes a couple of things, plot twists throughout the story that that mm-hmm. really make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Uh, I'm always nervous reading cats. I don't like cat horror, but I get the feeling. <laughs> um, we always put cat. We're both cat lovers, and so we're always putting cats in our stories. Nothing bad ever happens to our cats. That's yeah, the well, only I, we always admit to. I made the mistake of killing a cat once, and boy, did I get trouble in trouble. I mean, in, fictionally speaking. Yeah. I, I used to get mail over that. That didn't bother me. But yeah, I had to stop killing dogs because my best friend didn't like that. Oh yeah. Well, you know it's also funny because every time I see cats and dogs interact, it always seems like the dog is the innocent. <laughs> Right. Yes. <laughs> and the cat is a ringleader, and the dog always gets it. You know, it's. Uh, but. <laughs> Isn't that oh, funny though? Funny. How you can you can kill as many people as you want, and it's just like, meh, no big deal. That's okay. But you kill a cat, you kill a dog, you kill a mouse, and people just freak out. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I um I made a horror <laughs> film with my son called Island Zero, and in the very first scene, we had a cold open, where a dog died, and we got. I mean, it was just awful, the 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 feedback we got. Uh, no, you can't do this. You can't right. do this. Um, so we went back uh, and re- we reshot the cold open. And we in the re- in the new cold open, it was a young woman who dies. Oh, everything was fine then. Everybody was fine. Well, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That fascinates yeah. me. I love it. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I opened with a, a with a bird on the California coast with a bird. Flying into the window, uh, uh, you know, get, smashing into a window, a wild bird, and got crap for that. And oh, then I had yeah. her saying, she copied Psycho. And actually, it wasn't the, not Psycho, the birds. The birds. And it was actually, <laughs> it was actually a little bit of an homage to that because I knew I wasn't going to kill anything with four legs. And it was basically the same general region. But yeah. it was, and you still I, got black. I, I did it with one bird. Yeah, one yeah. bird. <laughs> An imaginary bird, do? no less. A fictional bird. Yeah. A fictional bird. Yeah. It doesn't exist. <laughs> I know. Well, this is, you know, no. I, I, so I wrote this book called um, Playing with Fire, um, and um, a cat dies in, early on in the story. Uh-huh. And everybody was so upset. They, were, they just could not get past the dead cat. And this was a book about the Holocaust. <laughs> So, oh, in which a whole family gets wiped out, but nobody cared about the family. No, it was his cat. <laughs> well, that's how I react. That's like Isn't that funny? It, fascinates it really me. I'm is. I'm totally fascinated by that. I, I am totally fascinated by that mm-hmm. because it's true. I don't I don't understand it. I just I don't. I mean. I don't want to, you know, there are certain things that I'm like, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I don't, I avoid animal horror mainly because I'm like, eh, it's a little too easy. I, I I don't, you know, walk people through child abuse, you know, for the same reasons, really, yeah. but, but it, it, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, it, it fascinates me that this is more upsetting than, say, the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's a little. There's right. a, there's a website for moviegoers and it, and the, the website oh, is called yeah. doesthedogdie.com. 
Yeah. And I it tells there. you which movies to avoid. I mean, there's actually a website about this. So this is – Yeah. Yeah. This I like that is, website a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it translates to Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? The, the movie uh, – it's not Psycho. It's uh, – the psychotic movie you know, with the hamster trail. I found out I could watch that. I'd watched it up until the point that he starts to pet a cat, then I turned it off. Uh, oh, American Psycho, and and then I oh. and then I looked it up and said, oh, I can watch it. It's okay. He only kills people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It even, I don't even really notice. You know what? It's, yeah. it's we're we are in a weird occupation where we are paid are to yeah. come up these horrifying things. And people mm-hmm. want to hear about them. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a weird thing that we do. <laughs> it, it is. is. It is. Um, especially I, especially you, because I'm very intrigued. I, I have to ask you, how did you make the leap from medicine to to fiction? It, it seems like so left brain, right brain. <laughs> just it is, like it totally is very much left, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is left versus right. Well, I wanted to be a writer when I was really young. Um, when I was seven, I, I declared to my father that I was going to be a writer. And he told me there was no money to be made <laughs> as a writer. Oh, yeah. So I went to medical school, uh, but I never stopped wanting to tell stories. When I went on yeah. maternity leave is when I wrote my first book. And, um, you know, within a couple of uh, manuscripts, I had sold a book. So I realized that this, you know, I was just going to go back to what I mm-hmm. wanted and um, thank heavens I had a working husband because, you know, the first couple of years as a writer is always lean. Uh, and, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it took a couple of years to finally be able to to turn to my father and say, hey, you can make a living at this. Right. Oh, that must have felt right. good. <laughs> yeah, really, truly, because you? You, are, you are super successful. I mean, it's, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you really broke you've broken through the boundaries. I mean, really, truly, it's, it's, you're everywhere. You're all over the place. That's, that's fantastic. And yeah. I, you know, I and can't be, explain to you why I should be successful and another equally good author is not. It's, um, I call it fairy dust. You just don't know what, you know, what is going to make a successful book. Um, right. And even today, you know, publishers don't know this. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what, what is going to propel something on the bestseller list. So, we just right. we just write. All you can do is write what you want to write. Write what you want to read, yeah. and hope that the audience agrees with you. Yeah, well, there must be something to it because like, I've never heard I've never heard so much. Like I said, <laughs> Tamara's been reading uh, The Shape of Night, and I've I've I haven't heard so much about a book from her probably in a, lo- a very long time. She's very excited about and it. And I so just read The Institute. Thinking, I, yeah. I got to read it. Yeah, and you just finished Stephen King, your favorite. So <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing more about this than that. So no, I'm you, you got to read good. it. We, we, yeah. We yeah. have a gothic series of our own, Ravencrest, uh, Ravencrest Saga, and I'm telling him, you've got to read this. Think of Ravencrest. It's great. It's it's gothic. Yeah. Well, there's something yeah. about the gothic. You know, I've been told, and I, I have no idea, I didn't hear this before I started writing this book, that the gothic novel is coming back. Um, and I've heard this from several different sources, and I thought, what? I hadn't, I don't, I didn't know that. Um, and let's hope it is, because. Yeah. I hope so. I know. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask we, you something we, else about yeah, this book. Oh. Okay. Um, no, no, which of us is going? Okay. Um, <laughs> I loved your ghost hunter, Mora. And uh, how did you create her? She's so different than the usual annoying ghost hunter with all the tools and, and you know meters and all that stuff. I love her. 
Well, I wanted, I wanted, you know, we have, I live in Maine where we have a lot of kind of earth mother types who live up here. They live in the Uh woods. They're really focused on, on mother nature. And so she was Uh a, um, she was a reflection of these really earthy women who, um, who, who want to be everybody's mother. Um, And I, and I wanted her to be sort of a comforting presence, even though she does this quirky thing like, you know, hunt for ghosts. And yes, she does. She has a, she does have a team that has all this bizarre equipment. But at heart, yeah. she she just believes what she what you know, she believes in what she's doing, and she, and she is really trying to honestly help people. I think a lot of ghost hunters are trying to help people, and sometimes yeah. sometimes ghost hunting is really more about social work. <laughs> it's it's oh, it's about sure. therapy. It's yeah. about helping people understand what is bothering them about their house. Exactly, I, I've been on a lot of those tours. <laughs> Not tours. I've been out with other. I go along on the skeptic. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I a skeptic too. Um, you know, yeah. the state of Maine has is is probably has some of the most haunted places in the country, or reportedly haunted mm-hmm. places in the country, and it, it you know because we've been settled for a very long time. Um, right. And my son and I have been making this you know this, these little ghost videos um, where we we go to a supposedly haunted place and interview people and and shoot the site and. Um, it has been interesting to find out um, the places that are haunted. You know, like we were just at a movie theater yeah. last month, and um, and um, and got the story of the woman who threw herself off the balcony and and died, and she supposedly haunts the place. So um, whether or not you believe in ghosts yeah. or not, the lore is certainly here. That's why this I kind of feel that this is a haunted state. <laughs> yeah, we. Do I go with some cops that are interested? It's always nice because they can get you in anywhere and you feel safe. Mm-hmm. And um, but there's a haunted theater on a military base we go to now and then, and things have happened in there. And I say skeptic because I don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's the ghost of an old actor or whatever. It's anomalous. But have you run into things like that that make you take notice? Uh-huh. I have never experienced, I've never had a paranormal experience. I keep looking for them, and my mother certainly believed in ghosts. Um, She grew up in China, and she just said, the reason we don't have as many ghosts in the U.S. is the country's too young. (laughs) um, That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I I keep looking for haunted houses, and, and there are places where people go, do you feel that chill? And I'm thinking, I don't feel anything. So maybe they aren't coming. Maybe they aren't coming to me, or maybe I'm just, you know, I I just have I'm a better touch on what's real. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. the best ones don't aren't known places though. Those are full of energy from tourists, the expectation energy or something. And and sometimes things will happen, but it, you know, poltergeisty things, mm-hmm. and they get all excited and it's different from. I started doing it because I go to strange places and just and get information for writing. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um it, and, and it I, turns it, out something happened there. Yeah. Right. I mean I in fact I got um I got an inspiration for one of my books from being on a ghost tour. So uh yeah, I yeah. I love ghost tours, first of all, because I just I think mm-hmm. they, they give you a sense of the, the local lore, even though a lot of it's all made up. Yeah. I mean they, Oh yeah. The the people oh, who run the ghost tours. To that. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. they <laughs> embellish an awful lot. And they tell often they the same <laughs> you'll hear the same story in Key West as you will um, you know, right. halfway across the country. So I think oh, there must be some course. academy. There must be some academy for ghost you, tour. Um, I, know, there right? is, I think there is. Yeah. We get back towards the end of a tour and, and get in a crowd of people. And then I'll say, did you see that? I whisper it to my husband. 
she said that? And he said, yeah. What was that? Is it, is it two people or one? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. And the people get so excited. They have the best time. <laughs> you know, it's good to be a story. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, have you written um, any other paranormal stories? No. No. I mean, oh, dang. I've had Please books do. that. I have had books that seem like they're skirting the paranormal. You're not quite sure what's going uh-huh. on. I mean, I love I love uh-huh. I love books that give you this idea that that could be happening, and then I I invariably pull back and give a give you a logical explanation. Ah. Um. I think in Shape of Night, you you could you could do that again. You could pull back at the end of yeah. the story and go, there is a logical explanation to all this. Um, well, that's the best when you yeah. when you know it might be. As long as there's an opening there, right? There's an opening because this this heroine is not entirely reliable. So um, you know, and she's the narrator. Uh, so I, I'm hoping that when people finish the book, they're going to go, "Is it haunted or is it not haunted? What what did I just read? I mean, I want them. I want you to be left with uh, a feeling of uncertainty. Oh, that's right. great. That's our favorite kind. Yep, that's favorite. Wow. Now, so, the so book is The Shape go? of Night, oh, okay. and it comes out October 1st. Yes. Um, are you, what, are you, what are you working on now? Is there, is there anything new on the horizon? I'm working on some film projects right now. Um, my son and I are doing a documentary, a feature documentary about pigs. <laughs> it's about oh, really? the... <laughs> It's about the age-old relationship. Place, aren't you? <laughs> I know it's the age-old relationship. Pigs, the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, wait, it's wait, all wait. over the place. But it's, um, I'm fascinated what by is... food taboos. I was I was asking, ah. you know, I want to know why why is pork a forbidden food for Jews and Muslims? What is the historic uh-huh. root for this this taboo? And so we went around the world um, talking to religious scholars and archaeologists, and you know, why did they stop uh-huh. eating pork? Um, and well, we think we came up with a pretty good explanation. Um, but in the meantime, we met a lot of pig owners. So it was it's it's a it's both a serious and fun project. And that's um, we're we're in the edit phase now. All oh right. boy, I can't wait to read this. That's practically the only meat I eat. <laughs> well, it's, it'll I'll be, be just, very interested. It's just a it's just going to be a movie. So um, I hope you, uh, oh, you okay. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I will <laughs> I, very much. <laughs> All right, and. Um, before we let you go, can you tell our listeners where they can find more about you and your work and, uh, you know, where you're at on social media or whatever? Sure. Uh, my website is TessGarretson.com. I am on Twitter at TessGarretson, and I'm on Facebook. So you can, if you can't find me, it's your problem. <laughs> <laughs>
Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. <laughs> 